and welcome to In My Shoes. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we face each and every day. Y'all know it by now. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson, and I have a great guest. Y'all know I always say that. I get excited. And her name is Melissa Toyo. I hope I didn't mess it up. She just told me how to pronounce it too, y'all. Um, <laughs> and I found out about her. We both work for the same company and they did a spotlight on her for this really dope children's book that she's doing. And I really just loved some of the illustrations that I saw and I asked her to be my guest today. So Melissa, tell us a little bit about you and say hello. Thank you so much. And hello, everyone. Um, Yes, my name is Melissa Toyo, and I am a first-time children's author. Um, This is very exciting for me, and and I'm honored to be here today. Um, I started writing a manuscript uh, almost a year ago um, today, and we are finally at the final stages and uh, about to uh, get ready to hit published. So exciting, nerve wracking, wonderful, all at the same time. So again, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my guest today. So quick question. You say you're a first time author. So why is a children's book something that you thought you wanted to do? Well, I have been thinking about this for a couple of years now. And, um, you know, I have a four-year-old and I have a 16-year-old and we live at the library. And every time I go to the library to pick up books for them, you know, especially for my my four-year-old, I look for books that, you know, show diversity and, and represent us. Um, and and you just don't find it on the shelves. I can maybe name a handful of books um, that I found of, of little girls that look like her. Um, and so, you know, two years ago, I said, I need to do something about this. Beverly Cleary, um, one of my favorite um, authors who has now passed, as everyone knows, um, said, if, if you don't see the book on the shelf, write it. And so, I had this in mind, but I do have a full-time job and a full-time family, and I just was never able to put pen to paper. And so as tragic and um, as the pandemic has been and as crazy as 2020 was, um, we started working from home. And so it eliminated my commute time. And I said, you know what, you know, I want to use this time. You know, I used to spend three hours on the road driving back and forth to work in the office. So I said, you know, I'm not driving anymore. Why don't I use that three hours to put pen to paper? This is something I want to do, something I'm passionate about, especially with all the events that happened last year that really highlighted and and shined a, a spotlight on the social unrest in this country. It it was time. And so um, I actually played with a few ideas prior to coming up with uh, Brown is a Beautiful Color. But it's it's been something I've been wanting to do for a while. And I I just had the opportunity to to do it last year. I kind of know what you're talking about when it comes to not seeing ourselves represented. Even, um, you know, I'm an adoptive mom. And we decided, I'll just tell the story real quickly, girl, because this is not about me, but I just understand what you're talking about. We decided that we wanted our children to just kind of grow up knowing, and there wasn't like this moment where we sat them down. And so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll read a book about adoption from a kid's perspective that, you know, that a child could understand. And I'll just read it and read it and finding one that had images of children of color you know, black children, Hispanic children. I mean, it was very, very difficult to find. So I know what you mean when you talk about the inability to find ourselves on the shelves where we're in the library. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. As I said, when I saw 
the article. I just love just the, the, the illustration and the title was really intriguing. Was writing something that you always love to do or was it more about this passion to be able to bring something to life that represented us? Definitely the, the the latter, definitely the passion to bring something to light that that represented us um, because I love to read and love reading to my children, love reading for myself. But as far as writing a book, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I never saw that in my future. I, I have a background um, in psychology and criminal justice. So I have a dual BA degree for criminal justice and psychology. And then I went on to get my MBA. So I thought I'd be um, running a corporation by now. Um, I never imagined that I'd, I'd be writing a book, but the frustration of just you know, not being able to pick up a book or just have a, a wide range of books to to pick up that, you know, not only focused on history, because, you know, there are, there are a lot of books out there that focus on some of the past historical figures that really helped pave the way um, for, for us. But, you know, I, I wanted to show that children of color, we go through and have everyday fun adventures too, right? You know, we can jump right on the cover of a book. We can, you know, garden. We can um, do anything that anyone else can do. Um, and and you just don't see that um, with, with children's books. So brown is a beautiful color. While yes, that, that message, I wanted to drill the message in, especially again with everything that happened last year, um, that brown is beautiful. Brown is beautiful. You know, it's a, it's a simple children's book, but that message, it hits home. Uh, my daughter says it almost every day now. Brown is a beautiful color, mommy. And it is, but I also made it a, a lighthearted story. You know, it is a really fun, enjoyable uh, story with a simple message that brown is beautiful, really just teaching children to love the color of their skin and teach other people to um, appreciate and love each other, no matter what the, the color of their skin is. Um, my daughter is the only African-American child in her class at school, at her daycare. And I never want her to feel a sense of inferiority. I want her to always know that you belong, you should be here, um, and you're just as wise, smart, and beautiful as everyone else. Um, and I think this book will help children see that for themselves. You know, as parents, of course, we tell our kids all the time, you're amazing, you're beautiful. They hear it a million times and they, you know, we see their beauty and how wonderful they are. Um, but, you know, the, the goal was you need to see it for yourself. Um, but it also, you know, see a little girl in everyday situations. I, I know you've seen the illustration with her outside with butterflies and the flowers, um, you know, just a sweet, happy little girl um, learning about, you know, and, and really appreciating why Brown is beautiful and, and having love for herself and pride in who she is. So you decide, OK, I'm going to write this book. How did you come up with the concept for what the book would be? And I'll ask you in a little bit, um, you know, to tell us a little bit of what it's about without giving it all away. But how did you decide you say, OK, I don't see what I want on the shelves for my baby girl. I don't see it's represented. How do you go from that thought to, okay, this is what I'm going to write about? So I love that question because I actually have sketches of stories that I have written and I came up with this one. So um, there are two before this one. Um, I sketched out one. It was a little heavy though, Karen. It was, it was, um, 
it, it was about a social issue and, and, you know, learning to love yourself, but it was a little on the heavy side. And I said, okay, let me think about my audience. You know, my age range is two to eight years old. Um, and, and, and thinking about when I read to my daughter, what really keeps her engaged, bright colors and, you know, happy things. And, um, and she's young. So, you know, she, she's not gonna have the maturity level of, you know, a, a 10th grader. Right. So, um, the first book I was like, it's a little heavy. So I wrote another um, manuscript and I, I was like, no, I mean, it was, it, it, and it wasn't a social issue. It was just about, you know, um, her loving her shoes, uh, centrally. And, 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 and that was in my mind, that was probably, um, that was still two years ago. So both of those ideas came a couple of years ago. And then last year, um, I was like, you know, I, I definitely still want to do this. Um, and with everything that happened with George Floyd and just the country and, and chaos, I said, I need to, you know, keep in mind what I was going to do with the first book. So, you know, address those, the social issues. However, how can I turn it around, put a more positive spin on it, um, but still drive that message home? And that's when I came up with, you know, I thought about my daughter and she's always, oh, yellow is my favorite color and, you know, purple is my favorite color. And she really has a new favorite color every week. She has never said that brown is her favorite color. And I'm like, hmm. But brown is a beautiful color. No one ever says brown's their favorite color, but brown's a beautiful color. And and I use that to tie in as far as why is brown beautiful and, and really, you know, just go through kind of um, skin colors and different shades of brown and and, and a little bit of our history um, and the people that had brown skin. So that that's how I landed on that. It was almost like a light bulb went off. I was, I was sitting there and it just, it hit me and I was like, this is it. And I, I put pen to paper and Literally within a week, I was I was done. I was like, I, I love this, <laughs> and I started started the process from there. I know, girl. When you get inspired, it, there is no stopping you. I know that feeling when you you start, and, and once it's clear in your mind, um, and I've been writing my whole career, so once it's clear, mm-hmm. it's like you know you're off to the races. So I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me how you came up with, you know, the name of, of our main character and um, how did you come up with who she would be, what she would be like? You know, um, a lot of times when you hear actors ask those types of questions and they talk about their character and what, you know, the character they play and, and what they're like, I'm sure it's the same when you're coming up with characters for a book. So tell us a little bit about um, the main character, her name and what she's like. Okay, well, she is. I actually didn't give her a name. I um, strategically just said, you know, you're, she's going to talk in first person. It's really her just, you know, at first having her own thoughts. And then she is, you know, talking with her mom throughout most of the book. Um, so she is unnamed. And um, she, I, 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 I use my four year old as, um, I, I was inspired by her, um, and and there's a reference um, of my 16 year old in there as well. Again, her, their names are not in there, but I felt like you know what better way than to to use what I experience and what I see every day. Um, you know, use some of the dialogue that I have with my four year old every day and kind of tie in even with my 16 year old that that conversation and what that looks like. So um, I wanted her to just be happy and carefree. Um, and and I think you know a lot of four year olds are they're happy. It takes very little to keep them happy. Um, sometimes they're oblivious to all the other crazy things going on in the world. And so I wanted her to um, 
my daughter always talks about her favorite color is yellow. That that's the most consistent color. That's her favorite. So and 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 yellow is such a happy color. So um, throughout the book, she's dressed in yellow for the most part. And um, I I wanted to show the hairstyles that that uh, you know it's a cultural thing, right? The braids. As a little girl, I had my hair braided. I braided my sixteen year old's hair. I'm braiding my four year old's hair. So I said she needs to have braids, and I, you know I want them to be four or five, just like I used to have, and just like I'm doing with hers now. Um, you know, let her have on a cute outfit. We we have a, a garden in our backyard that she loves to play in. So I, I wanted a lot of the story to take place outdoors as well. And so I just wanted a little girl, um, and, and she, you know, around the age of four or five, um, that is just happy. She is happy. She is inquisitive, um, willing to learn, but again, oblivious to, you know, all the heavy issues that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. So just in her own little world, um, which is why, you know, she, she, want it and need it to be educated on, you know, let's, let's talk about the color brown. So um, my illustrator actually had us or had me send her reference picture so that she could develop the, develop the characters. So I sent her a picture of my family um, and sent her a picture of my girls. And she said, I can use this. And my husband's funny. He said, I don't want the characters to look like, exactly like us. That's kind of weird. And I was like, well, not really, but okay, <laughs> let's, let's meet in between. So I told her, I said, you know, use this as a reference, shoot it back to me, which is a part of the process, her sending me um, her sketches and, and letting me know what, you know, what I think. And, um, and so she she showed me this little girl. She drew her, um, and, and you know we we spoke about her. I sent her the reference pictures of my daughter, and I told her what I was looking for. And she came up with her, and I said, "She's perfect. Um, she's perfect." And and that and that's how. And she just continued throughout the book. So that is how we came up with the main character. And I was going to mention it, girl, I, the hairstyle, it took me back because like even the little, you know, we call them bow knockers. You know what I mean? Like you had the little different colored ones, balls that yeah. went with your outfit or whatever. And then the little braids. I was like, yes, girl, that is how it was done. I did it with my baby's hair too. Um, and you know, you put the different colors on there and everything. I thought this thing is yes. Yes. So I yeah, I was going to ask about that if that was something that you know because that's what we that's what they did at that age and you you still see it to some degree but um that was the way we did it and every Saturday was hair day we washed it cuz she hated getting her hair done lord it was a process <laughs> so we washed it put in her little braids and everything so I I really enjoy looking at um what the character turned out to look like but I'm curious why did you decide that you didn't want to give her a name I went back and forth on this and I was like, hmm, I could, you know, my daughter's name's Gabrielle. I was like, I could call her Gabrielle. Maybe I could use my other daughter's name, Naya. And I said, you know, based off, and you'll see it when you read the book, um, the way the content flowed and, and the way the manuscript is written, um, it just, it honestly just wasn't a necessary part <laughs> of the book. And I, I went back with my editor, like, you know, is this normal? What do you think? Do I need to, you know, um, add some more, add her name and, and just, you know, give her more of a, um, you know, define her a little more by doing that. She was like, you know, based off how the manuscript's written, you, you really don't need to, you know, she's talking in first person for, for the most part, she's in her own thoughts. Um, and, and she said, you, unless you want to, you, you really don't need to, it's as fine as is. And, and I liked how the manuscript flowed and I just felt like she doesn't need it. She, she's talking and, and she's just going to re- remain nameless. Um, I don't, I don't know if that will continue with the rest of my books, you know, and this isn't a series book. Um, so this little girl 
probably won't appear again. I won't say never. Um, but I just decided based off the, the manuscript and how it was written, it just, just wasn't necessary. And I think it's kind of cool, too. You can just decide whatever you want to name her. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and if she's representative of every little, you know, it's it's for every little brown girl, black girl to see herself, then, you know, I, I can insert my own name or, or what have you. So I think it's kind of neat. I mean, I understand what you're saying. If she's talking in first person, mm-hmm. you know, or she it's it's kind of like you're just following along as she's having these thoughts. Yes. Um, Exactly. And in that case, her name, it wouldn't really matter as much. I think it's kind of cool. People can just decide what they want her name to be. <laughs> so you decide you're, you're going to write this book and you get someone to illustrate. What was the process like? Are, is this self-published? You, you mentioned an editor. Did you get signed with a company? What was that process like and, and how did that work for you? This journey, it was unlike anything I've ever, I I didn't even imagine it would get um, to where it is or all the research that's involved. So after I wrote the manuscript, um, I started my research immediately. I knew I wanted to self-publish after researching because you keep creative control. Whereas with a traditional publisher, if they want to tweak it, take out a sentence or change the whole theme or give her a name, they can do whatever they want. You do not maintain the creative control. So I said, you know what? I, I want this first book to be mine. I, I don't want a word change. I, I want it to be all mine. And so I wrote the manuscript and um, I started looking for editors. I just went online and I, I, I wanted, I really wanted my team to be um, a one of women of color. That's, that's what I wanted. And so I specifically looked for that when searching for my editor and found Misha Mayo um, with a pen to pen, um, editorial. And I reached out to her. She was very timely in her response. We had a phone conversation and we just connected. She has little girls too. Um, I I fell in love with her process and what she was trying to do and, and just, um, you know, how she runs her business. So I said, you sound fantastic. You sound like a great fit. I'd like to use you. Um, and so that process took about a month. The, the editorial piece took about a month. Um, once she got started, she had a schedule and time because she has other clients. So she, I gave her the manuscript in August. She wasn't able to actually review it until um, the end of September, early October. So that took a little bit of time. In the meantime, while I was waiting on her to get that back to me, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do about an illustration? Because that's the next piece of it. You know, um, after doing my research, I was like, okay, you find the editor and then now you need an illustrator. And so I said, I don't even know what this would look like. And that is where my mom came into play. My mom, I've always wanted, she's always wanted to write a children's book. Um, So that's always been something she's talked about. Um, She just never, you know, especially in the world of technology that we're in now, she just, it's a matter of how do I do this? My mom's very creative um, and and great with children. She had five. And so I said, you know, what, mom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you into this. You've always wanted to write a children's book. How about, since you're the creative genius, what do you think these illustrations should look like? Can you write down what you see on each page if I give you the manuscript? How would it look? You know, and so she said, sure. I sent her the manuscript and she literally wrote out how every how she pictured every single illustration to be. It was in incredible. And so once my editor returned the manuscript, I said, do you have an illustrator that you work with, Misha? She said, I sure do. China Denny. Um, And so I said, great. So I reached out to China um, and she said, I can start, you know, illustrating your book in December. So again, I start, I wrote the manuscript in August. So now we're in December where she can start actually writing the illustrations. And 
Um, and I, I, so essentially we agreed to work together. Um, I researched, she wrote a children's book her, of her, um, herself, excuse me. And so I looked at the children's book she wrote and I said, wow, she has experience. Her illustrations are fantastic. Yes, I want to work with you. Um, what helped China, why she really enjoyed working with, with me and my mom is that we did write out every single illustration for her. So after my mom said, this is how I can see each page looking and the cover, I sent it over to China. She said, well, you guys just made my job really easy because now everything's written out. All I have to do is draw it. And she did. And so every few weeks she would say, hey, I have a couple of illustration pages for you. Here you go. Tell me what you think. I'd give her the thumbs up or we'd give her some edits um, that we'd need her to make. And then we'd go from there. So while all of that's taking place, I am researching because I know the illustration piece takes six months. So I am doing a ton of research because as a self-publisher, you are funding everything yourself. You have to research yourself. You are doing all the marketing yourself. It's all on you, which is why a lot of people like the traditional publishing route, right? It takes all of that off your shoulders. Again, though, I wanted to maintain creative control. So I said, I'm going to do this myself. Um, and so I've just, I've been researching. I'm a part of um, a lot of author groups on Facebook, on Instagram. And so it has been really helpful because I am you know, talking to people daily um, that are either new to this process or have been doing this for a while that can really help educate me on the process if I have a question. Um, and so, you know, I I did that as far as my research, decided which platform I wanted to publish on because you have to decide that as well. Um, so I'm going to do um, a direct, um, a digital copy, which is an ebook, and I'm also going to do um, print on demand. So I'm using two different platforms to publish the book. But all of that took research. I, you know, I'm so new to this process. So understanding what to use and where to publish and the best platforms, there's a lot out there to publish that took time. But again, while while China was illustrating, I'm doing my research on the back end and setting up my Instagram account and getting someone to help me with my website because I'm not good with coding and getting all of that prepared so that, you know, come summer, 2021, which is where we are now, um, I could get the, the book out. And so it has been quite the process. Um, I, I don't know as far as for future books, um, if I'll work with a traditional publisher, we're going to see how this goes. I know a lot of times, depending on how successful your, your first self-published book is, a lot of times traditional publishers will pick it up um, and they'll just, they'll reach out to you. But I would want to do a little more research. Again, I, especially with this book, um, I want it to print as is. I love it as is. And, and then we'll see what the future holds as far as different publishing routes. But um, self-publishing this first go round and, and we're, we're very close. Um, I just received the final illustrations from my um, illustrator. So China sent those over to me. My editor's doing one final review. And, and I'm hoping within the next four weeks to have this up and ready for pre-sale. So, you know, that, that we have literally, it has taken literally a year <laughs> from start to finish, uh, but it has been so exciting. I am really passionate about it. So I stay up late at night after my nine to five and, and research and, and just work so this can be as successful as, as possible. And how does it feel to be getting this close? I'm sure that along the way you think you can't look at it for two months. And that sounds like and, you know, it's like agony. Right. But now here you are four weeks or so away from actually starting to do pre-orders. So how does it feel? And were there times when you felt like this is taking forever? Yes. Yes. Especially on the illustration piece, because 
you know, sometimes it's not every three weeks you're going to get illustrations back. Sometimes it's four weeks and I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs, <laughs> checking my emails. I, I don't want to rush her because, I, you know, she's so talented and I didn't want her to feel like she has to rush through it. I wanted it to be right. But yes, I got very anxious. And, you know, my mom actually gave a good analogy. I, I call her sometimes to vent like, you know, I'm just, I'm ready to, to publish it. And, and she said, you know, it's, you're at the end. It's like a pregnancy, right? You, you, you have this baby, you've had, you've been holding it for nine months. Now the contractions have started and you are getting anxious and the pressure is there, just like when you're about to deliver and you are ready to deliver this baby. And, and it's, you know, you love this baby and you just want it to be right, but you're anxious too. You're tired and you're anxious because it's been so long. And, and I feel that way with this. I feel like we're so close to the end. So I am a ball of nerves, but in the best possible way. It's exciting, but it's the unknown, right? I don't know what to expect. Um, so it, and it's also kind of scary. Uh, you know, before the waiting was like, come on, China, get me everything. And again, she's just following her process. She actually got everything over to me quicker than most illustrators. So she just did a fantastic job, but this is new to me. So I'm just anxious and waiting for it. And now that she has finished, it's like, Oh, now it's on me and <laughs> it's, it's kind of nerve wracking, but in the best possible way. So yes, I've felt a roller coaster of emotions during this process. I just love your mom. Cause that's what I was going to ask you if it's like, you know, like birthing a child <laughs> and it's like, you know, when you first find out, you just feel like it's going to take forever. And then you look up one day and I've heard women say, you know, because my children, like I said, are adopted, but they, they're like, you know, the nursery's not ready or this isn't done or I got this to do. And so um, I'm sure that the starts and stops feel like forever. And then you wake up one day and like you said, oh, snap, she's done. And now the rest is uh, they're waiting on me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Do you think that your mom, how has she told you she feels about you fulfilling this dream that was also a dream of hers? She is so proud. Um, it's interesting. Our very first meeting with China, we actually did it together. I had my mom come over and we did it via Zoom. Um, and she said it, it was hard for me to speak. I'm, I'm so emotional. She's like, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And of course, I'm like, well, mom, you're my inspiration. You've always wanted to do this. And, and what better way than to collaborate together? Um, and so she is over the moon proud. Um, after she left my house, she, she was, you know, emotional again. And she's like, I just, you're incredible. And I'm inspired by you. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm, in, I'm inspired by you. You know, I, all of this determination and, and, you know, spreading positive messages and writing to children. This is you, you know, I get this from you. So I'm happy that I can help you accomplish a dream of yours. I actually, um, you know, on the front of the book, it has my name and then it has China's name as the illustrator. But because my mom played such a vital role in conceptualizing these illustrations, of course, I wanted her to be a part of it. So she's in the acknowledgments, but I also have her on the back of the book um, along with my bio. So both of our bios are on the back of the book. Um, so it highlights me as a first time children's author and it provides a background of her and, and you know, her love of, of children and, and, you know, her passion of wanting to, to have a project like this as well. So she did not want me to put her on the back of the book. My mom is so humble and just sweet. And she's like, this is all you. And I'm like, no, because even though I wrote the content, you know, a child two to eight, they're looking at the illustrations. You can't keep their attention for the most part if you don't have bright, pretty illustrations. So I said, this, this was, you know, your half of this, if not more. So I, I definitely wanted to, to show that in the book. And, and I'm so excited to 
you know, our future projects that we're going to work together on. I just feel like it's a blessing to be able to work with her. Okay, so this is very important. Has this been approved by the four-year-old? Yes. Yes, she can okay. open this book. I, before before I sent this off to my editor, I was like, I, I let my husband read it. I let my 16-year-old daughter read it. And the four-year-old, I said, you know, this is your age group. Let's read it. And she loved it. And it, truly, it, it's really not a day that goes by that she does not say brown is a beautiful color. I, just the other day, she was walking down the stairs. You know, mommy, yellow is my favorite color, but brown's a beautiful color. Look at my brown skin. And I'm like, goal accomplished. You know, I, I want this book to be in every children's home, but doggone it, goal accomplished. Like for to hear my daughter say that and just be so proud of her skin color, it just, you know, it just warms my heart. She loves it. I've read it to her a thousand times times I, um, and I don't think she's sick of it yet. We'll probably read it again tonight for her bedtime story. So (laughs) yes, it is approved by her. Okay. I just had to make sure, you know, she's the tester, you know, I mean, your audience is four. (laughs) Just had to make sure. So you talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, on your next project. So do you think you've been bitten by the bug? Do you think that writing more books and will they all be children's books or have you decided? I have not decided. I do have my wheels turning. I have some themes in mind um, for book number two, um, but I'm trying not to be like a squirrel. I'm like, you know what? Get this out, Melissa. <laughs> Get your first one out first, and then let's focus on the second one. I've actually had a few people that are like, is your second one done yet? I'm like, no. Um, you know, the process I think is going to be a lot smoother for book number two, because I've learned so much within the last year. Definitely want to write more children's books. However, I, I do see, um, I do see me, me tackling different genres and audiences and age groups. Um, in the future, I've, I've thought of some, some, you know, books that, you know, that's more suited for a 10 year old, even um, more suited for high schoolers. So I can see that in the future. I think the next one will be another children's book, um, but I'm not ruling out other age groups. And definitely. Um, I see this being a long, long-term thing for me. Um, I didn't realize I'd love it this much and I do. So yes, I've been bitten by the bug and I'm excited to get this one out um, so that, Number two, you know, I can I can put pen to paper for book number two. Isn't that how it always is? Before you can get the first one out, you got the second one done yet? Really? I'm still trying to can, can you give me a moment? But I guess that's the sign of, you know, you being bitten by the bug and really wanting to go forward. Because if your wheels are already turning for the next one, you know, that's how you know, hey, this is really in my blood. Now it's in my DNA because I'm already ready to start talking about the second one. And I haven't technically launched the first one yet. Um, So are you planning like a pre-launch party or what is that going to look like? It's so funny you said that. I literally was thinking about that today as I was getting ready for the day. (laughs) I was like, you know, um, because my goal is to um, have uh, pre-sales first. So the pre-sales will happen within four weeks. Um, And then during that time is when I do want to have a few launch parties. Um, I have some ideas as far as, um, you know, going to the school I graduated from and and um, some local news stations. So I definitely have like five pages written out of marketing I want to do because right now it's it's been um, 
Instagram. It's been um, looking at different vendor tables and, you know, a lot of them want to see that final product. And so as soon as I get the final copy back from my editor, which she said will be done tomorrow, um, then, and she makes sure everything looks great, then I will be able to go ahead and go to the platforms I want to publish on and get my author copies. Once I have the author copies in hand, it's going to be really helpful for um, the vendor tables I want to set up. Uh, When I do do launch parties, I want to do author signings. Um, There is so many things. There are so many things that I want to do as far as um, once that link is available, for pre-sale saying, hey, let's do some launch parties for when that release date um, is out because the book will technically be finished. So when I set it for pre-sale, it's going to be ready, but I want to keep building some buzz and I want to just put it out there and do as many launch parties and signings and go to as many libraries and read on audiobooks as much as I can do before I say, hey, everyone, you know, for example, August 20th, you can buy it. Um, so yes, definitely want to do some launch parties. I, I've been talking to a few people as far as what that looks like. So that that will be coming soon. That is the next step. Um, after I hit, you know, get my link ready for the, the pre-order, next step is um, kind of transitioning to let's get this marketing in full, <laughs> full blown steam. And, 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 you know, right now I'm doing it a hundred percent. I'm giving it a hundred percent of my effort. It's going to have to go up to 30,000%. And my illustrator even said that she said, you know, I know this seems like a long process and you're anxious. She said, this is just the beginning. And it's true. You getting everything back, the, the final, it's, it's just the beginning. I mean, the, the hard work's about to start and that's where the nerves come from. Because again, all that marketing falls on me, but it's at this is go time in my mind. So everything I've been writing out, everything I've been researching, everyone I've been talking to, I'm like, it is go time. Business cards, the my website's almost done. That needs to be finished. QR codes and promotions. And there is a lot, but but I'm ready for it. It sounds like you are ready, girl. Yes, I want to be able to say, I interviewed her win. I'm be so excited. <laughs> We will say, I interviewed her first. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You are. <laughs> oh, we'll have to shout you out. It's, it's interesting because um, my my little sister, she, and she's you know she's twenty eight, but she's she's wise beyond her years. So smart, and um, she is an entrepreneur, um, has her own business, and she said, you know, podcasts are the way to go. So it was like the stars aligned. When you reached out to me, I said, how beautiful is this? She just told me, do podcasts. I was like, look at this beautiful email. So again, I feel so honored that you reached out because I was like, this is, you know, the stars are aligning. This is what's supposed to happen. So, you know, I, I, while you're saying, hey, I'm the first to to interview her, I'm going to say, guess whose show I was on? Guess I got to do a podcast for Karen. So excited. So well, thank you. I always give people a little bit of my bio because it's like, who is this chick? You know what I mean? Like I'm still, I mean, I've been doing it for a while and and, and I'm gaining a little momentum, but I'm still like, you know, you reach out to somebody. It's like anybody can get a mic and plug it in and say they got a podcast. You know what I mean? It's like, does she really know what she's doing? <laughs> does she have any idea? <laughs> so that people don't go, she's just weird. <laughs> So I always try to say, I swear I do have a background in communication. <laughs> yes. So where do you see this going? Like, do you picture yourself getting a call from, like I always, you know, this is my own little personal um, 
excitement. This is my own little thing. And maybe you feel the same way I do. It's like, I'm going to get a call from the Today Show when they're going to hear my podcast and want to interview me. Like, do you have dreams of getting a call from a major station saying, hey, we got a hold of your book and we want to interview you? Yes. And this might sound far-fetched, but I can see myself sitting down with Oprah (laughs) and her saying, I am going to add this to my book club of the month. And one of my favorite things for the year, I I feel like I'm going to reach for the stars with this because I I feel like, um, again, simple, enjoyable, meaningful story that I think every little child can and every you know, everyone can relate to really. Um, and, and again, um, not it's not just for black children. You know, I chose Brown for a reason to be as inclusive as possible because there's lack of diversity, uh, you know, period in children's books. But I do see this getting big. I, I have, I've, I've, I've had an epiphany of, you know, this, this is going to, um, you know, I am going to get a phone call or maybe Carrie Washington will <laughs> reach out to me on Instagram. I follow her on Instagram, by the way. Maybe she'll reach out to me. Maybe the Today Show will call. Um, so I, I, I'm excited. Um, that might be just overly ambitious, but I, I, I could see it. I could see that happening. And, and you know, I, I, I'd be so humble <laughs> and just feel so blessed if, if it did. Um, you know, my mom, one of her favorite um I don't want to say Hollywood star because I wouldn't classify Oprah as that. Um, but my mom loves Oprah. Let's just leave it at that. She loves her. She's watched her um, forever. Um, this was very sad when the show went off. And so, you know, even if my mom was just on stage with her, I'm like, that would be so cool. But yeah, I, I think this, the word could get out. You know, I have one of people, people like you, one of the people just, you know, reaching out and, and you know, the support has been incredible. I, I, I've just been blushing, honestly, over the last few months as, as people have reached out. And, and I'm so humbled by it and, and just appreciate everyone being so kind and sweet. Um, so I don't know, maybe Oprah will be sweet one day and reach out and say, hey, Melissa, let's talk. Um, let's have a cup of, of lemonade and talk this thing through. So <laughs> who knows? Girl. Hey, you dream big. If you don't, who will? I mean, you know, I'm sure how many people have been interviewed and they've said, I never thought that I'd be sitting across from Oprah or whoever it is, right? So yes, girl, we both can dream big. Somebody's going to call me <laughs> yes. about my podcast and somebody's going to call you yes. about your book. We're just going to, yeah, we're just going to put it out there in the atmosphere. If How they about call that? you first, do you mind calling me and saying, you know, Melissa, <laughs> you can come, you can watch. I'm- oh girl, I got you. I got you. Yes. You do the same though. You know, we just, you know, the first person to interview me and think I was dope. Her name is Karen. She's got a cool podcast. I'm just saying. I will though. I will. You will not forget this. I know, right? Do not forget the moment. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you so much. It was when I said, and it's like you said, the the illustrations were so vibrant. I love the title. And you're right. You don't ever hear, oh, what's your favorite color? Brown. Mm-hmm. Like you don't ever hear that. But knowing that brown is a beautiful color and I was like your daughter and I knew I know you probably have experienced it where we were the only people of color in the room sometimes yes and just knowing that this this melanin this beautiful skin we have is is something to be proud of and so I'm excited we have a a preschool um here at our church and so I'm definitely going to uh get pre-sale and put it in their library get a few um once they are ready for pre-sale because we have kids uh, I think they start them at 18 months and they take them until five until they're ready for kindergarten. Um, 
And so I think this would be something cool for them to experience. I appreciate that, Karen. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. So is there anything else? So I guess when when the website is ready and pre-sales have started, I'll be sure that we include all that information um, so that people can purchase this book. Brown is a beautiful color. And Melissa, I want to thank you so much for this time today. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm probably going to name her um, as I'm reading it. Her name will be Karen. <laughs> I love that. Yes. No. And when I read it to my daughter, you know, who's 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 an adult, but I'm like, hey, girl, look at this. We'll, we'll give it her name. You know, I've got a little niece who's uh, a few months old. It'll be her name. <laughs> I love that. We'll just switch it around. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for your time. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear us talk about anything on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. You know what to do, KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. And until we speak again, be blessed.